Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning uh, just that we can be here and, and just celebrate you, worship you. And Lord, we thank you for this wonderful country that uh, you've given us, and we just pray blessing upon it. We know there's a lot of things that probably aren't going the way they should, and we just pray that we can be a country that comes back to you and, and just uh, repents, and we can just put you first in all that we do. But Lord, this weekend, this Memorial Day weekend, we do lift up many of those families that have lost a loved one um, over the years um, to bring forth the freedom of this country. And I just pray that you bless the families. But Lord, we thank you that you love America. And, and I just pray for all the military right now, um, all the different branches, all the different ones, wherever they're at, whether they're here in the United States or around the world. We just pray for protection upon them. And Lord, more than anything else, we, we just pray that you'll just do a work in each one of their lives as well. And Lord, right now, as we get into your word today, I just pray that our hearts are open for what you have for us. And we just give you all the praise and glory. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to read the scripture one more time. So I think sometimes we go a little lightly over it and we just read it once and go through it. So if you have your Bibles now or you got your Bible app or whatever it might be, turn to James chapter 1. And uh, I'm just going to read it again to you, starting with verse 5. It says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all that they do. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position, but the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wildflower. For the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls and its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. That's what we're going to talk about today. How to make up our mind. A lot of times... Um, we see life is all full of decisions. Um, we have choices that we make every day. Some of them are easy to make. Some of them maybe not so easy to make. There was a, a young businessman who went to an executive one day, and he wanted to ask this executive for some wisdom. And so he says, what is the secret of business success? And the man says, wise decisions. And so the man says, well, how can I learn about wise decisions? And the man says, experience. So the guy goes, well, how do you get experience? And the man says, dumb decisions. And that's kind of how we do sometimes in our lives. Because the fact is, we are all human, and we all have a great possibility for error. Sometimes we wait too long, sometimes we pay too much, sometimes we say the wrong thing. Some of us will have difficult decisions today, we might have some this week. Some of you might not even know it yet, but you might have a major decision coming up in the near future. But life is full of decisions, and the book of James, James talks about how do we make these decisions? How do you make up your mind? So James gives us the problem 
Then he gives us the prescription. And then he gives us the promise that comes from God. So that's kind of where we're headed today. So the first thing that we have is a problem. We have indecision. And in verse 8, it says, Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Now in the Greek, the word double-minded literally means two-souled. Or you're pulled apart in different directions. You're, you have divided loyalties. You have divided priorities. And it's almost like double-minded. It's almost like James makes up the word. But I think we've all felt that way at some time. You ever felt like you're trying to do two things at the same time? And sometimes you're wondering, am I getting anything done? You're not really sure what you want, but you just keep plugging forward, doing all those things? Well, sometimes you have to make a decision. Double-minded is devastating. It's debilitating. It makes you unstable. Many times that word is transcribed as confused in other parts of the Bible. Now, if you take this word, double-mindedness and confused, it's used also to describe a drunk person who is kind of staggering and unstable in his walk. And so James is saying, if you can't make up your mind, you're living a very unstable lifestyle. So, there are three ways indecision makes you unstable. First of all, you're going to have unstable emotions. It's kind of a strain when you can't decide. How many have no problems deciding what to eat when you go to a restaurant? How many have to study the menu over and over and over? When we go out to eat with my dad, it's like, uh, just order something. Order one of everything. Just do something. And he just sit there, well, well, brings in a lot of worry. It brings a lot, you're confused, you can't decide. But sometimes some of these decisions that we make, it gets us to the point where you can't sleep, you can't eat, you got this decision that you know you got to make in your mind and you can't do it. You're worried. You're confused. And then you make a decision and you wonder, did I do the right thing? It creates an emotional instability. It's like the guy who goes to the psychiatrist and the psychiatrist says, are you indecisive? And the guy says, Yes and no. And the psychiatrist says, what do you mean by that? He said, well, I used to be, but I'm not sure now. The quote that is brought out is, the most miserable person in the world is the person who is habitually indecisive. And I think that's true. Being indecisive causes unstable emotions. It causes unstable relationships. It causes lack of commitment. It destroys marriages. It destroys relationships. When you can't decide, do I want this? Do I not want this? Do I want out? I can't get on with it. I can't get with it. Become unstable. The other thing that we have is instability in relationships. When you're unstable on the job, a lot of times people switch back and forth, back and forth, going from one job, one career to another. Or as parents, 
If we say one thing, but then we're living a whole different thing, what is that telling our kids? We give double messages many times in what we're doing. It causes instability. The hard part is it consumes a lot of our energy when we have all this indecisiveness going on. But I think another one is we become unstable in our spiritual life. Verse 7, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. I mean, that's a pretty powerful verse there. An unstable spiritual life, really it blocks your prayers. It keeps God from giving to you and it, it, it keeps you from receiving what God has to offer you. It leads to a double life. You become a, a spiritual schizophrenic. How's that for a good term today, huh? Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. It seems like you're trying to live for two people. On Sunday you come and you sing Onward Christian Soldiers. You guys do know that song, don't you? But then on Monday you go AWOL. You live a whole different life. Double-mindedness produces a double life. It causes instability in all of your ways. It, it, it causes an unstable lifestyle. So what's the solution to this? James tells us, get wisdom. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So then he gives us three practical steps. And here they are. First of all, just admit your need. Verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom. So if you don't know, if you lack wisdom, what are you supposed to do? Ask. Admit your need. I almost detect a little sarcasm with James in this passage. If any of you lacks wisdom. If I'd been sitting there when he's talking about it, he would just look at me and he'd go, what are you, stupid? Ask God. James is the book of wisdom in the New Testament. It's like Proverbs. It's the book of wisdom in the Old Testament. Now here's the scary part. We all lack wisdom. We all do. Wisdom is seeing life from God's point of view as much as we can. Wisdom is making decisions the way God would want us to make decisions. Pride, many times, blocks our wisdom. You can't learn anything if you think you know it all already. Right? And I think one of the reasons we struggle with never learning wisdom is we think that somehow we've talked ourselves into thinking that our life is all together. I'm doing okay. Deep down, we know that's not true. Pride blocks wisdom. So James is telling us, admitting of the lack of wisdom is really the beginning of wisdom. We've got to admit that we don't have it. I don't have it all together. I don't have all the answers. It might be hard for some of us to go home and say, I was wrong. I mean, when was the last time that we said I was wrong? Because if we can say that, it shows kind of how wise we are. 
So the admission of lack of wisdom is the beginning of wisdom. The key to wisdom is to start by saying, I don't know God. What do you want me to do? Then we go to him. The second thing that we do is after we've admitted, we ask for wisdom. If anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God. In Proverbs 2.6, it said, Is the Lord who gives wisdom, from him comes knowledge and understanding. If God were to come here one day and say, I'm going to give you one wish. You can ask for anything in all of the world. What would you ask for? You know, there's a guy in the Old Testament that went through that. And uh, God came to Solomon, said, you're the king of Israel. In a sense, I'm going to grant you one wish, so to speak. What do you want more than anything else in life? And Solomon thought it over, and he said, you know, I'm so inadequate as a leader. I don't know what these people want, but more than anything else, I want wisdom. I want to be able to think the way that you think. I want to see things the way, from your point of view, God, I want to be able to make decisions that you would want me to make. And Solomon basically said, I don't want to make any mistakes. I don't want to look back in my life and say that I had regrets. So he asked for wisdom. And the Bible says God was pleased and he gave Solomon wisdom. And we know Solomon as he's known as a very wise man. Doesn't mean he was perfect. He had a lot of mistakes along the way, but he was wise. So the Lord said, Solomon, because you've asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you the other things as well. And he ended up with health and wealth and, and all that other stuff. So he not only became the wisest man, but he probably became one of the wealthiest, and he became probably one of the most famous ones in, in history. He asked for wisdom. And God gave him wisdom. I skipped a slide. There we go. Didn't want you to get too excited that we're almost done. The third thing for the solution here is to anticipate it. Do you realize we need to expect an answer in faith? It says, when you pray, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask of God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt. Now, if you have your Bibles with you, or you have your Bible app, highlight the words, <laughs> not doubt. Depends on your translation, but not doubt. If you want wisdom, you first of all have to ask the right person. You've got to ask God, and then you have to ask the right way in faith. You ask in faith, believing, not doubting. So this means that the key to wisdom is prayer. The condition is faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to Him must believe. If you got your pencil out, circle must believe. Not doubt, you must believe. 
We've got to believe that he exists, that God exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So if you want to receive anything from God, you've got to believe in advance that he hears you and he's going to answer. And what's the promise? In this passage, it says God will give it. If anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Do you realize that God wants to give us wisdom? God's, in a sense, eager to give us wisdom. Just like it pleased God when Solomon asked for wisdom, it pleases God when we come to him and we say, I haven't got the foggiest idea what I'm supposed to do. But God, I'm coming to you to ask for some wisdom concerning this particular thing. It's God's nature to give. God is a giving God. And look how he says he will give wisdom. He says he gives it continually. Ask God who gives. Now in the Greek, it's a continuous tense. It means he keeps on giving. He doesn't just run out of energy. He doesn't wear out. He doesn't say, oh, you've asked for too many things. I'm cutting you off. He doesn't say that at all. God's resources are unlimited. He has enough resources for all of us. He's got plenty. Without finding fault, God gives cheerfully. So I want to sum this up. And here's how we're going to sum it up. This might sound kind of weird. God does not want to make the decision for you. Now bear with me for a moment. It doesn't say in this passage, pray and ask God to make the decision for you. It doesn't say that. Otherwise, we would never grow up. We would never mature. And God wants us to grow up. When God made man, if you go back to Genesis chapter 1, it says he made man in his image. And part of that image is God gives us a, an ability to make some decisions, to make some choices. God gave us a responsibility to make some choices. And I think God wants us to come to him and pray for wisdom and he wants us to do the right thing. He wants us to seek him so that we make the right decisions. He won't make it for you because he wants you to grow up. Maturity in the Christian life is making decisions the way that Jesus would want me to. The way that Jesus would make them. So don't blame God for your indecision. The second thing is if we really want God's wisdom... As you pray, you need to be in God's Word. God's wisdom is found in God's Word. If I want wisdom, I need to go to the Bible and start reading it and start studying it. I need to probably get on my knees and pray. I need to say, God, tell me what to do. Give me some wisdom. Teach me some principles that I can apply in this particular situation. Which brings up a point that's not on here. We need to be in God's word continuously. The Bible says in Psalm 119, 105, very familiar passage, God's word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 
God says, I'll give you wisdom for the next step. As you take that step in faith, your way is lit up. That's why you need to pray in faith, not doubting, but believing. So I think sometimes we pray, but do we really believe God's going to come through? We kind of got, instead of praying, I think we sometimes suggest. Here's a suggestion for you, God. He wants us to have faith, be a little bold in what we're doing, a little confidence that He can answer prayer. The quality of our lives is determined by the decisions and the choices that we make, and wisdom is behind all of those decisions and all of those choices. So here's the question for us, and it's for all of us. Where are we double-minded at? Where are we indecisive at? What part of our life are we struggling with making some decisions? It might be a spiritual decision. It might be just a life decision. And it's almost like, have you ever been to that point where you didn't want to make a decision, you just hoped that the whole thing would go away? You ever been there? I guess it's just me. It doesn't go away. Just thought I'd tell you that. Where have you been wavering in your life and going two different ways? Maybe trying to live for the Lord on Sundays and the rest of the week just kind of living, believing God out of it. If that's happening, that produces instability. And so here's, a, here's the challenges. I challenge us all this week. Let's just try it for a week, and we'll do another how-to out of James next week. I would like every one of us to at least read a chapter this week out of the Bible. Okay, just read one chapter. If you want to do more, that'd be great. But instead of just reading it and saying, okay, I sped read through that, study it a little bit. Maybe read that same chapter every day for a week and see how things go. But hopefully it'll get our mind that we're putting Christ on the throne of our lives and we're getting ourselves off of that. Because when we get ourselves on the throne, it causes instability, double-mindedness, and we become hard to live with. Let's put God on the throne. He'll give us stability in our lives. And as we are able to lean on Him moment by moment, He gives us the guidance to make it and give us the wisdom that we need every step of the way. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the word out of the book of James. And Lord, many of us struggle at different times. Sometimes we decisions aren't too hard, but sometimes they're really hard. We're not sure what to do. But Lord, I just pray that we will seek you. We will be in your word. And we will ask for wisdom in which you will give us as we believe in faith and not doubt. And Lord, more than anything else, you want us to live our lives for you. And Lord, we want to please you in all that we do. And Lord, this morning I just pray that if there's anyone here that has never given their heart or life to you, Lord, I just pray even where they're sitting that they will just ask you into their heart and life. Maybe there's others that are struggling over a decision right now and they're trying to handle it on their own. I just pray maybe they can ask you for some help and wisdom. And as they turn into your word, that they will find out even some more. And Lord, I just pray that we can just be a people of faith. And this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.